You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everybody. This is MLB.com Extras, American League Division Series Edition. We're talking here about the big series between the Royals and Astros, and really a fascinating matchup because this Astros club has a lot of Kansas City-like qualities in the way uh, a predominantly young team has, has risen up the ranks here in 2015 and, and could be poised to make a deep run. But to do so, they'll have to get through this year's Royals, who, of course, uh, last year the Royals made their triumphant run uh, to the AL pennant, looking to defend that title. They've got the home field edge in this series and throughout the postseason. Uh, they also won the season series over Houston 4-2. to uh, This should be a, a good matchup of a few interesting clubs. And we've got uh, Brian McTaggart, who covers the Astros for MLB.com, and Jeffrey Flanagan, who covers the Royals. Uh, we're going to talk to them a little bit here about this series and how it might shake out. Uh, Tag, let's start with you, since uh, you just came off that uh, wild-card victory for Houston in New York. I'm guessing your first stop in Kansas City will be to the dry cleaner because uh, we know how those champagne celebrations can be. But uh, uh, the momentum that, that can come from that series, how big of a factor is that for this Houston team? Well, I think it's huge because they, they finally have a chance to exhale a little bit. I mean, they had to scratch and claw on the final weekend just to get that second wild card spot. And then, you know, they go into a winner-take-all winner game in New York. Not an easy environment, a lot of pressure. And uh, I think now they can sit back and sort of just say, okay, we're here and we're in a – we're in a series now. We can kind of reset and uh, line up things the way we want to line it up and, uh, and go from there. But, yeah, I definitely think there was a sense of relief. Uh, you know, they, not that they don't take the Royals seriously. They, you know, they have a lot of respect for the Royals. They know it's going to be a tough series. But um, just a day off and a chance to hit the reset button, I think, is going to be huge for them. Jeffrey, the Royals come at this from exact opposite perspective and opposite perspective from where they were a year ago, uh, the the great emotional high of that wild card win, comeback win against the A's, whereas this year, obviously, the division was in hand going into September. They go 14 and 16 down the stretch, uh, just kind of resting guys, and, uh, of course, they finish the season strong, but uh, do you think the rust uh, will be a factor, and the fact that this team hasn't really played a a game that had true meaning uh, in, in several weeks, really? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they did have talked about the last three games in Minnesota, which were very important to Minnesota, at least the first two were. Uh, and those were kind of a playoff atmosphere at, at Target Field. So they talked about that as being kind of a good prep uh, for this week. And, you know, it has been a long wait. They've had um, They were 14 games up in early September, and they've just been kind of waiting around and waiting around and waiting around to clinch it and then get on with the postseason. But I think they're still a pretty hungry group. Um, they know that there's a big – but that, that's the Astros are going to be a formidable task here. Um, they, they actually beat them four out of six. Uh, the Astros did beat the Royals uh, in the regular season, sweeping them in Houston. And um, both teams, I think, are built for their parks, so home field is going to be, I think, pretty critical. Um, and there's just a lot of other uh, interesting factors that are going to go on in this series. Tags, what do you think of that, uh, the, the home field factor? Obviously, the the Astros uh, had pretty severe splits in, in terms of how they performed on the road, especially in the second half. But they just went into New York and obviously took care of business there. Dallas Keuchel, uh, there's all that, uh, I don't know if concern is the right word, but there's, there's definitely a lot of discussion about how his home road splits have been so dominant in Minute Maid Park. Uh, he went in there and, and pitched very well in Yankee Stadium. But 
Do you think the uh, going into this series uh, without the home field advantage, how big a factor is that for you? Yeah, I think it's a huge factor. Like you know, like you said, there were their home road splits pretty dramatic. I mean, they started the season as a, a very good road team and uh, and weren't winning at home. And then from uh, the start of June on, that that sort of changed. But you know, they did win some road games down the stretch. That last road trip, they they uh, took two or three from Seattle, and then they won the first two games from Arizona, and all of them were pretty much must-win games. And then they go on to the Yankees. So I think they they feel like maybe they put that behind them a little bit. That was a a big narrative in the second half of the season, but the way they finished the season and going into the Bronx and winning that game, I, I think they, they hope anyway they, they swept that under the rug a little bit. Anytime we preview a series, we tend to look at the rotations, how the rotations are going to line up. Uh, Jeffrey, let's go to you first uh, for the Royals. Obviously, uh, not something you would have expected back at the time of the trade deadline. Johnny Cueto is not getting the ball in game one. It's actually Ordano Ventura who's made great strides uh, since that time frame. Uh, talk about how this rotation sets up against the Astros. Yeah, and, and the big one, obviously, with the, the young stud, Yordano, who actually, you can call this actually a 360 because he started the season as, as their number one starter starting opening day, uh, struggled uh, in April, May, and June, and then coincidentally turned it around against Houston uh, at late July start. Um, he had just been demoted to AAA and um, had recalled uh, immediately when Jason Vargas uh, went down with an elbow injury and, and had a really good performance against um, the Astros in seven innings, one run. And, and again, ironically, that was the day they actually acquired Johnny Cueto. And, and although Cueto hasn't been an ace, uh, so to speak, uh, lately, he's, he's had a big influence on Giordano uh, and, and how he uses his changeup and, and how he goes about his business. So, uh, yeah, they acquired him to be the number one guy in October, but they actually acquired him and he made Giordano the number one guy. So I, I think they're still pretty comfortable with their top two spots in the rotation. Um, maybe Eddie Volk has not, you know, quite as, as uh, on their par, but uh, they're hoping to get a consistent performance out of him in game three. So they're, they're pretty content with their, their top three. And Tag, uh, you know, the one benefit to not having to deal with the wild card round, of course, for, from Kansas City's perspective, is they didn't have to burn their number one starter. The Astros did. Dallas Keiko won't be available until game three in Houston, where, of course, he's been unbeatable. But uh, you, you can only use them once in, the, in this best of five, whereas the, the Royals do have the option of going to Ventura on short rest uh, in a game five if it comes down to it. But I'm sorry, in a game four. Uh, but how does this uh, Houston rotation uh, shake out around Keiko? Yeah, well, Colin McHugh is going to get the start in game one. And you know, no, he's not in Dallas Keiko, but he is a, he is a 19-game winner. He finished second in the AL and wins right behind Dallas at 20. So, you know, they feel pretty good with him on the mound. He pitched really well down the stretch. I think he went 11-2 and two in his final 14 starts or somewhere around there. So, um, so yeah, you're going to have him, and you could have him going twice. You know, game two will be interesting. Uh, Scott Kazmier's probably lined up, but he has not pitched well. Maybe they turn to Mike Fires. Fires would be rested and able to go. Um, I think that might be the direction they head. Uh, and then we could see Lance McCullers, the rookie, come back in and be game three. So the game two starter, I think, will be key. Uh, figuring out, you know, who, who's going to take that start. Uh, I guess uh, the game three is going to be cycle at home it's on Sunday. That'll be a big uh, big advantage for them. You know, it's 15-0 at home. So having him pitching at home at Minute Maid Park, there'll be a huge advantage for Astros. And the Astros, of course, have a power-packed lineup. Uh, they're going into a ballpark where the Royals can attest. The ball does not fly out of that ballpark uh, particularly well. Tags, uh, 
we, we saw how big uh, the power was in that wild card game, uh, especially with the early home run from Rasmus and then Carlos Gomez going deep. What do you, uh, what do you anticipate for these first two games in Kansas City? Uh, is there a guy in this lineup that uh, you know, could particularly charge this lineup, uh, even in a big ballpark like Kansas City? Yeah, well, you know, they have power up and down the lineup. So I think uh, it's one of those teams where one day you could have a, a four-hole hitter hit a couple and then you know, the next day it's a nine-hole hitter. You know, maybe you know, keep an eye on Evan Gaddis, who's, who got hot a little bit at the end of the season. But certainly Rasmus is really on fire right now. Um, and, uh, you know, Jason Castro can show a little pop. So they, that's, the, that's the thing that makes them so dangerous. Any one of those guys can get the ball out of the park. Jeffrey, last year on the postseason stage, we saw Eric Hosmer come a long way. Michael Moustakis had a nice breakout. Lorenzo Cain really stepped up on the postseason stage. Is there a guy in this lineup this year that you think is an X factor, uh, and maybe even particularly in this series? I'd have to go all the way to the bottom of the lineup. A guy, Alex Rios, who uh, has had kind of an unusual year. You know, he had a great spring training, great first week of the season, uh, suffered a broken hand, but only getting hit by a pitch, and that just kind of derailed him for several months. And then all of a sudden in mid-August, um, after they picked up Johnny Gomes because they were worried whether he was going to be able to hit or not, Rios just caught fire. He's been probably their hottest hitter the last six weeks, uh, hitting over 340. Uh, this is his first postseason of his career. I'm sure he's pretty excited about that. I talked to him about it yesterday. Uh, he's at ninth in the lineup, but you know he's a guy that maybe might be overlooked a little bit when you've got you know, the Gordons, the Hosmers, and Perez. Kendris Morales, you know, those guys. He might be a guy that might be overlooked, and maybe he comes through and has a big series. Um, that'd be that'd be one guy I'd point to. And for both of you guys, the bullpens. Uh, bullpens were a strength uh, for both these teams. We know that the Royals obviously probably had the best bullpen in the game, and that, that's what allowed them to get to the World Series last year. Um, the Astros probably didn't get as much attention for their bullpen, but it's a very big reason why they got to October. But, Tag, that bullpen labored a bit in September. Uh, wasn't quite uh, the bankable commodity. In fact, it, it had the highest relief ERA in baseball uh, in the final month of the regular season. But it did step up in that wild card game. So what are your expectations for the pen here in this series? Yeah, kind of like what we were talking about earlier with the road record, I think the, they, they kind of reset a little bit as they, they go into the playoffs. And that was certainly a big performance for come on and throw three scoreless innings behind Dallas. But, you know, they, they don't have that – a hair on fire, hard throwing guy that, that comes out in eighth or ninth that really scares you. But they're able to mix and match it a little bit. The roles aren't really strongly defined right now. That uh, Regerson is the closer, but the eighth inning uh, has bounced back and forth crawls, and now we see Will Harris in that role. Tony Sip has stepped up and the left team played a bigger role for an inning on, on uh, Tuesday night in New York. So um, they're probably a little shorter in the bullpen than a lot of teams, but uh, they have enough arms and enough depth and enough versatility that it's been able to work for them. And, Jeffrey, obviously the Royals' bullpen uh, was, was met with some adversity uh, late in the year with the loss of closer Greg Holland uh, to Tommy John surgery. But pretty nice when you have Wade Davis step right into that role uh, the way he's pitched over the last two years. Uh, he's only allowed 15 earned runs in 139 in the third innings over the last two regular seasons. We saw how well he pitched on the postseason stage last year. Uh, what else is the outlook uh, for, for this bullpen? It, it, it seems like even without Holland, it could actually be deeper than it was a year ago. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not it's not very common where you can lose a guy who won the, the Rivera Award last year for the best closer in the league, and you replace him with a guy who's probably even better. 
Um, so that shows you some of the depth they've got. And they've still got the power arms with Herrera and Ryan Matson, who's a great comeback story. And they actually added, you know, Danny Duffy's going to be a factor this year. He was not last postseason. He was battling a ribcage injury. And uh, this year um, he, he was demoted out of the rotation. Now he's uh, probably their fourth guy, their top left-handed reliever. And he's a guy who's uh, you know, power left. He can throw 96, 97. So you're going to see a lot of those four guys. And, and Ned's not going to be afraid to, to go the whip there late in the games uh, or even early in the games. I mean, he's, he's probably looking at his starters maybe going five innings and if they get in trouble with six, but he's, he's going to have a, a quick trigger there because he's also got Holt Chamber who can throw 97, 98. Frank Morales, he's got a lot of depth down there. And, the way he's managed down the stretch uh, last year into the postseason was, you know, go to his bullpen early, turned into a five-inning game. Again. All right, should be a fascinating series. It kicks off Thursday night, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central at Kauffman Stadium and on FS1. I want to thank Brian McTaggart and Jeffrey Flanagan for joining me. I'm Anthony Cashman. Thanks for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, American League Division Series Edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.